You're listening to Boggy Talk, Faith Conversations in the Mud, a resource of Church on Bayshore. Boggy Talk is recorded on Boggy Bayou in Niceville, Florida, and is hosted by Justin Wyatt and James Ross, pastors at Church on Bayshore. We typically want every matter of faith and life to have crystal clear answers, but it isn't always that easy. This podcast digs in to help Christians think with a kingdom mentality about topics that sometimes get muddy and bog us down. So let's dive in. Well, hey, and welcome to Boggy Talk. Thanks for joining us for week four on this series on fear. We are thankful you've joined us. I'm joined by James Ross, faithful <laughs> co-host. I like the that. I like Ross. Ross. Yeah, how you doing, buddy? Will you start introducing me like that every yeah, Sunday? Yeah, every Sunday. We're going to skip the sermon bumper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now give it up for James Ross. <laughs> <laughs> and, the, and people would just be like, what? We know him. He's yeah, just a yeah. dude. That's really stupid. <laughs> That's Rod, you do that. Anyway. So. You doing all right? I am well. Late September, man. I know. It's, it's going to be October. October. Last, week, well, last week, we, we did. Do you remember? It was. Do you remember? <laughs> the 21st night of September. Yeah, we, we didn't even say it last week and then no. we remembered but, but afterwards. Yeah, we have to, you have to look back on it, right? And reflecting on. Yeah, yes, remembering. That's right. Remembering yeah. it. So I do remember. And last week we talked about. <laughs> What did we talk about? We mass. Yes. Yeah, so, and then this week we're diving in again, a little heavier topic today, uh, talking about another fear. I really based this uh, series off of things that, you know, people or kids are afraid of and how those things really translate into things we're still afraid of as adults. And today we're talking about monsters. So before we get serious, any monsters you were afraid of when you were a child? Uh, you know, I, I, rem- I picture you with the same size head, just so you know, when you're <laughs> a, a child. Li- just yes. a little body. Yes. <laughs> uh, I was, I, you know, it's funny. Like, so when I was, you know, preschool age, didn't go to preschool. My mom was a teacher. And so she would drop us off at, um, someone's house who was near the school where she taught someone that she knew. And, um, there are a few of us who stayed there and, at nap time, I remember distinctly waking up a couple of times at nap time, like, and seeing this, like, thing in the doorway. And it was, like, this monster-looking, like, cape, uh, red face. And then in, in a different... Wait, who was your mom letting you stay with? I don't know. Like, <laughs> we called her Meemaw. <laughs> like, she was this sweet family, you know? And then... Like, this another, is not a 2020 episode. I know, right? <laughs> and then another room that would, like, take a nap. And I remember one time waking up and seeing, like, this, like cloak it was like a cloak i couldn't see the face and so it was so real like you know and i think i was probably dreaming but uh it was so real that it's crazy because i don't know how old i was exactly but it was before kindergarten so i was like you also had an older brother so he could have been it could have been yeah but he was at school so okay i was during the school day but i remember like i can still see those things as you know it was a long time ago so yeah those were yeah and then just like we used to just get freaked out watching like you know TV shows with like, you know, serial killers and mocking. Yeah, my parents kind of let me watch everything. So I <laughs> I was watching Friday the 13th when I was a little kid. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't see I, I wasn't really older, into but. Nightmare on Elm Street too much. Uh, I did learn that from all those things that premarital sex leads to getting murdered. That basically so, all those movies, yes, yes, so don't yeah. do those. Yeah, so I guess a Christian, you know, <laughs> Joshua Harris probably, <laughs> probably was yeah. behind those movies. But anyway. Oh that was man. always who got killed first. <laughs> yeah, like right. Yeah, but, like there's uh, things were so like predictable too. Those yeah, movies. they were so. But yeah, I mean, I, I remember. I, I would say it's the more serious, you know, the serial killer things that kind of 
freak me out, you know, monsters, not like boogeyman. We were talking about unsolved mysteries with like that, that show, like I can still hear the theme Robert music. Stack. Yeah. Do, 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 do. And I still remember yeah. like sitting in the living room and there was like the, the screw, the, the porch door was right there thinking like, as I'm watching this, that person that they're talking about, who's still at large is like looking in my window, What's, watching me watch this about them. And how yeah. many churches, you know, back then they didn't really do sermon series as much. <laughs> how many churches would have done unsolved mysteries as a sermon series but back then yeah it's so funny but back then they would have like been like solved mysteries because yeah, that's, that's right. you know everything was so that's yeah, true yeah that's you know point. you know it had yeah. it couldn't be the same it had to like make a spin on it so yeah that's right and there probably would have been t-shirts culture yeah, yeah you're right you're <laughs> there right. would have been t-shirts about it and they would have looked terrible but you know monsters are you know we're for, kids are afraid even you know as adults we kind of like still don't necessarily love those uh things but we're talking today as as adults monsters uh that we deal with and these are uh what we mean by this these are real people mm -hmm. uh who are monster like in their actions whether they're it's a toxic person or an adult bully or someone who uh is uh, abusive uh we have you know different yeah, different examples, but that's what we're talking about today. So it's a little heavier because this involves uh, real hurt, real experiences. Mm -hmm. uh, and what do we do with all this? Yeah, well, definitely. I think, you know, if we just kind of walk our way up through, um, you know, our, our stages of life. You know, there are children who uh, experience, they're not, obviously probably not listening or watching this, but who experience monsters, real monsters, you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah, the extreme cases are the are the, you know, um, the the serial killers and the, uh, you know, predators. But there's also you know certainly pedophilia that goes on. Mm -hmm. um, there's also just abusiveness that goes on from a family member or uh, coach. You know, and there and there's maybe not you know direct abuse sometimes as much as there's just subtle you know abuse where. Um, children are demeaned mm -hmm. um, and devalued and disrespected. And so I think that, you know, for me, you know, I, as I look back, I mean, I certainly had adults who I had some proximity to who I felt uncomfortable around. Um, and I know that a lot of our, you know, a lot of our listeners, uh, they, they've felt that as well. Mm -hmm. Experience yeah. this real. Uh, and then you kind of Going forward, you know, we talk about like stage of life, middle school, yeah. high school, and you know, like just there could there's some toxic things that go on, and and not just in schools, but even just in peer groups. So you're not, it's not that your kids would be exempt if they're not in school because this happens. But there's there's toxic uh, uh, elements of 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 peer relationships and people who are manipulative, uh, and then also. Older people who were who directed towards uh, middle school, high school yeah. age, I, yeah. and I think that's hard to navigate. You know, as a, for me, like you know, because my kids, if they're if they're well, they could be on the other end of it too. But you know, if they're being kind of manipulated or uh, treated poorly by you know another kid, it's like okay, well, in a small town, you know, their parents. Mm -hmm. And why is this kid acting this way? And you wish you could just talk about it, but then people don't necessarily. That's really people don't like to be open about that. Hey, my kid is a jerk, you know, or yeah. whatever it might be. And what's going on there? And even with my kids, like what's going on? If I don't know the parents, what's going on at that kid's house? Like mm -hmm. that that's kind of tricky to navigate, but certainly we don't want our children to be okay with being treated in such a way. Yeah, and I think that's that's a challenge because uh they our kids have to 
in order for them to share anything with us or for us to know or for us to ask right question, they have to recognize it. Yeah. And we have to really help our kids understand. And there's, I can think back to some conversations with our kids and like this, this kid said this. And we were like, you know, and as a parent, you don't want to overreact in the moment because then that can teach your kid like that. It's not safe to tell my parents yeah. things, but like being like, oh, well, why do you think? And trying to help them recognize why right. maybe that that person said this and why that's not okay and why it's not okay to treat people this specific way and thinking like, well, what do you, how did that make you feel? And what did you right. recognize? And hey, that's not okay for them to talk to you that way. And, you know, and here's what you need to say and then to see them walk in that. So it's it, part of it is we have to give our kids the language and teach them like what are healthy Boundary. thing, boundaries. Yeah, yeah. Because I think we assume I think it's it's easier. I think maybe it's probably easier to do in our community uh, where it's just it's Niceville and everyone assumes that everyone's nice. nice. And, yeah. you know, and uh, but it's just uh, easy to assume that our <laughs> kids are all fine. Like they can go do whatever. But it's like even even in even in the, the church and even with church kids, this kind of stuff can happen, you know. And so yeah. we can't just assume. And even even just because. I, my kid, I'm friends with their parents. We can't assume these things. And I, in the same way, like they shouldn't assume that my kids yeah, are going to yeah. be. And, and I think it's like two, it's two layers. Like one is there are kids who are, you know, for whatever reason, just displaying some dangerous, destructive, devaluing behaviors that if your kid has a close relationship with them, they're going to be affected. And there's also kids are working out like, you know, how, how they're, they're learning how to not devalue people, how to not take mm -hmm. from people. And so I think like the level of vulnerability and clo closeness that your child has, I think leads them more susceptible to that. And so that's why, you know, personally, our children are not allowed to have best friends. We're not allowed to say I have a best friend. Now they might have who in their mind is their best friend. And our kids legitimately are not allowed to date. They're not mm -hmm. going to be allowed to date. Uh, they can have a close boy and girlfriend and, you know, I know what's going on, but they're not like until they're probably out of high school, <laughs> yeah. honestly, because, because that just protects them from that vulnerability, mm -hmm. you know, again, that, you know, I, I understand, you know, my oldest is only about to turn 13. So like navigating that is trickier, you know, than me saying that in a one minute sentence, but I do like our children mm -hmm. understand, like you don't know how to regulate and <laughs> Honestly, identify yeah. those. Mm -hmm. And there's things. so much like in, in that, in that age. And then even moving forward in age to young adulthood, there's so much like in dating relationships specifically, there's like, you're still forming your identity right. and who you are. And there's so much like, and even if it's a healthy relationship, you're kind of like, I want to be this because that's what they want right. me to be. Yeah. And that's just not a, it's, it's, it's hard to navigate. And, you know, there's not necessarily strict rules about, you know, what's pro, about ages and stuff, but it's like, you have to be aware as a parent, what's going on and help your kids navigate that. And as they get older, like you're talking about dating relationships and moving mm -hmm. towards marriage, this can, you know, like we're not talking about like, Hey, I went on a date with someone and then they had this weird tick and I just can't, you know, like the funny, we're talking about like, seriously, there they're are a loud who, eater. Yeah. Cause my wife still married me, even though I'm a loud, <laughs> a loud eater. eater, but Apparently. it's like, there are behaviors like a little bitter about to that. recognize <laughs> that, you know, this is, Hey, this is an unhealthy behavior. They're, they're, they're pulling you away from, um, this, they're pulling you away from your friends or, you know, they're there. You feel like you have to be different around them or ha always have to be, make yeah. them happy. Those are dangerous. That's, those are signs and symptoms of, of if it's not happening now of toxic behaviors that are to come. Yeah. You know, that, so we're talking where I've seen this, honestly. So 
you watch a 2020 special, a Dateline special. I'm using an extreme example. And they're like, who murdered Janine? And it's like her husband. I mean, like almost mm. always like, mm. or who murdered Chris? You know, it's, it's Janine did, you know, his, his wife, like, so, no so to Chris or Janine. Yeah, that's or right. So I don't, I don't, I know some Chris's. I don't know if I know. Yeah, I do. I know both. I wasn't thinking of you. Um, but like, so let's, let's take what we can learn from this extreme example and see like the greatest possibility that somebody is going to hurt you and treat you, uh, you know, like a monster is going to come in your marriage. And yet we're often so flippant about entering into those relationships. And like you said, like, we really need to figure out like, you know, who we are because in a marriage there is like vulnerability and we are shaping each other. But if you marry someone whose intentions are not, and they may not even see it, whose intentions are in no way you and your relationship with Christ and what is good for you, then they're just going to take from you. And they might even abuse the Bible to try and take from you. And so you really need premarital counseling. You really need believers speaking into your life. You really need to go slow. Yeah. People ahead of you, mentors, uh, yeah. Yeah, accountability, all those things. Yeah. Because, and, and like, just, you know, like just saying to women right now, like if dude is a believer, but he won't stop sleeping with you or he wants to live with you and he won't just like sort out who you are to get married. He ain't trying to follow Jesus in your marriage. Like, I'm sorry, like other things are getting in the way and you don't know where he is. And, you know, don't expect them to automatically be a Christ centered, God fearing husband or wife in a year or two or when kids come. Like, I know that sometimes God does that and you've seen those stories, but like, mm -hmm. just don't bank on that. Um, and I'm just telling you that who you're marrying is often on their best behavior to appease to you until you get married and yeah, once they have that, you. So anyway, rant over. Yes, that is, <laughs> I, yes, I can agree with those observations. Yeah. And so moving forward, and then just people in general. So as adults, you have relationships, you have, whether it's a coworker, whether it's people uh, in the community, neighbors, uh, friends, family members, uh, and even people in the church that uh, can be hard to deal with. And then not, not just, we're not, we're not just talking about like people who maybe rub you the wrong way, personality wise. I mean, that, that is a, Small piece of it. We're talking about people who legitimately uh, can be toxic, who can yeah. be uh, monstrous to deal with. You know, we did uh, in season one of Boggy Talk, we did a series on dealing with difficult people. You can go back and, and listen to some of that, just some practical ways to deal with difficult people. I and mean, this is really kind of even taking that a step further, mm -hmm. people who are toxic or even bullies. Uh, and uh, they exist also you know, not just out there, but in the church as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I actually read a book uh, for, called Antagonist in the Church, and it really deals with people that just, for whatever reason, they are just unreasonable, you know, and, and they're just going to cause problems and really diffusing, you know, those situations, separating yourself from those situations, um, not giving those people, you know, authority, um, dealing with the problem quickly. Like, mm -hmm. we just can't. You know, those people in our lives, like we just can't facilitate them continuing to go. And and so we're kind of getting into the vice thing. But what I would say ultimately, like, is we may have a difference. So it may just be a difference with how somebody treats us, how somebody personality. Okay, that is what it is. Here, here's really how to know if they're more on the monster side. You tell them how they talk or how they treat you, how it makes you feel. And if there's no response to that, 
There's no empathy. There's no seeking to fix things. I don't mean like instantly because, you know, sometimes that takes some time. But if there's no humility towards that, that's a dangerous sign. Like, Mm -hmm. if they're like, well, I don't care how you feel. This is who I am. You know, deal with it. It's like, yeah, that's dangerous. And I think that happens a lot of times. People use the personality card as a cop out. Like, this is how I am. You're going to have to deal with it. You, you adjust. And that is no relationship works that way where it's you do all the adjusting to me. That is, that's That's controlling that. That mean, you really, that, that legitimately can be just toxic sin that could also be i mean a legitimate and i say this this, that could be a legitimate sign of mental illness yeah i agree and that where there's extra help that's needed where it's it's all your fault it's never my fault you got to adjust to me like that is you can't continue in that and then you you know you you, something has to give yeah and and doesn't mean you don't love that person respect that person but respect and trust you know with somebody are just not the same thing you know and and I, I mean, we, we talked about this before, like, you know, I'm, I love and respect a lot of people who I'm not allowing to be alone with my children ever. Like, you know, I mean, that's just doesn't mean I don't love and respect. Them, I just don't trust them that way. And so uh, specifically, if I don't know them, you know what I mean? I've still respect for them and love for them, but I don't know them. So why would I trust them? You know, mm-hmm. with my so I think like same with our certain our, our friendship, like it doesn't mean we don't love them or respect them, but there's certain behaviors that just, we can't trust them. You know, I mean, we just can't trust them. And, and that, those are, those are scary things, what you're talking about. And I think like, this is where we as believers, we really need to be looking out for people mm-hmm. because there are people who on the opposite end of that tend to be, have a victim mentality. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that by like always playing the victim, but I mean like they just end up being in these relationships where they are the victim and they are taken advantage of. And and believers really need to care about those people. Care and, and, and at times intervene. Yeah, you know, intervene. You know, like say, hey, this is what's happening. And, you know, like a lot of that gets rooted in there's there's always like issues under, there's always the reason behind the, the behaviors and the reasons behind that. And someone who finds themselves constantly being the victim. And I, and I say that like constantly even seeking out ways to be the victim um, or, it's, or I mean, not even seeking out, but just constantly in situations where they are, it's probably rooted in something else mm-hmm. that, and then, so that needs to be dealt with. I think probably in a, in a counseling situation where mm-hmm. it's helping, you know, professionally like dive into what, why is this continue to happen? Um, yeah, that's honestly, that's something I've taken very seriously in this church and in the last church, there's been people who I've been told, Hey, so-and-so made me uncomfortable or, uh, you know, examples in this church where it's like, you know, for years, this person made multiple people uncomfortable. I'm like, okay, we're going to talk to them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cause it's, it's worth, it's worth the protection of others. Yeah. Maybe they don't realize it. Yeah. Or maybe they're getting it mad and defensive and leave, but you know what? Hey, God said shepherd, you yeah, know, my exactly. church. Like. And, and, you know, <laughs> that's a great point. So you're going to, you're going to talk to them. Why, why are you going to talk to them? Because it's important. I think some people would say, oh, that's just so-and-so in the way they are. But if there's many, even if there's just one person yeah. who says they make me uncomfortable, it's worth it. But yeah. especially when there's many people, and like you said, maybe generous explanation is they are clueless. Okay. Right. So, but this is an opportunity to say, hey, well, you, this is an opportunity for correction. Others, other they are aware of it right. and they don't care. Yeah. Uh, and the other maybe they're clueless and they're made aware and they change. Great. Then, you know, like that's, that's successful. But if they're unaware 
or they are aware, excuse me, and they aren't going to change, then, you know, that gets into specific, like, you know, we talk about church discipline and we talk about, you know, multiple council and people going to them, leaders of the church getting involved. It's worth having right. that conversation because yeah. it's worth protecting right. people. That's right. Yeah. And if we're given any position of leadership, where that's if we're an adult and there are children around, if we're in a leadership position at work or school or, you know, the church, uh, I mean, we need to say, hey, part of what my role is protecting those people around me. And, and you know, obviously, you know, be, if you're over that, if you're like looking for a fight, then you might be the monster in a leadership position, you know, but, yeah. but like, certainly if people voice those concerns, the conversations you have, I, I truly have never met a person who has been approached with a situation about, Hey, you've made people feel uncomfortable, how you say things, how you talk, whatever, who was genuinely humble that didn't respond. Mm. Yeah. So because like, that's the and, and I would say nine times out of 10, it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And they feel bad an idiot, you know, uh -huh. like all that. And they might leave because, you know, shame or whatever, like, and you try to walk them through that. But, but legitimately, you know, some people have gotten mad at me and I'm like, they were not humble. Like they were mm -hmm. not humble. Yeah. So let's talk about what we do. How do we, uh, you know, get involved? How do we engage? How do we uh, intervene if, if needed? There's some practical ways we can do that. And we talk about that, like specifically with different people, people groups who may be more vulnerable as a church, you know, part of our missions and community outreach strategy is we've organized, really identified, you know, the scripture identifies four people groups who are vulnerable, who are, who are naturally vulnerable. Uh, and that is, and so we, in our missions uh, team, we call these the 1910 and 127 ministries. And the 127 is from James 127, talks about orphans and widows. And then Leviticus 1910 talks specifically about uh, the sojourner, the refugee, as we would say, you know, in 2021, uh, and the poor, those who, for whatever reason, don't have resources, and yeah. and those those people groups, those are those are just two verses, but those are people groups that are referenced throughout Scripture as uh, vulnerable, like they're just naturally vulnerable yeah. because of circumstance, uh, and they're constantly identified as people that. Got, people that God's people are called to serve. Yeah. And so we look for ways to uh, be engaged uh, locally uh, in, in our community for those people groups. When I say people groups, I'm just saying because that's what they are. Um, and, and then even globally looking at ways, how do we serve the, uh, these people uh, to, to help um, help meet needs of where they are, but also to, you know, as a form of protection. Yeah, you're right. These are vulnerable people. I, I I'm amazed at the number of professing Christians who aren't doing any of that. Yeah. I mean, I'll just be honest with you. I just, I don't know how you profess Christ, read the Bible and are like, eh, yeah, I'm going to do me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I just don't get it. Yeah. You know, I think about our benevolence ministry and, you know, that's set up specifically to walk with people who are facing, facing financial crisis. Yeah. And so a lot of times that's just meeting an immediate need. And then those, those people just walk on, you know, like we don't, may not see them again or they may come back, but what our benevolence ministry does have is they're willing to walk alongside anyone yes. who's willing to yes. be walked like that. Well, that is an incredible thing. So I think some people would say, well, why do you just give money? Cause they're just going to take it. And then they're just going to come back. Well, yeah, they might. <laughs> A lot of them are. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so that, but for the one, you know, yeah. if we prioritize the one. Or the, I know. The, the, the like, 99. If that works, yeah. if we're going to get an opportunity with one. Isn't it worth right. it? Yeah. You know, and, and what it, but what if it takes them coming back six times, seven right. times over yeah. the course of several years yeah. to have that opportunity? Because that's right. the first 
We could be the first people who've been consistent in their lives. Like we just don't know. And I think that's a lot of times is that we assume a lot of, um, we assume a lot of motives as to why people are the way they are, how they got to where they are. Mm-hmm. And, you know, did Christ do that for us? Yeah, <laughs> I, would, I, I would say like you have three things if you're ministering to the poor. Like either you're going to have the ones that are just, they're selfish. They, for whatever reason, feel like living off of other people is the way they should be. Two is you're going to have the people who are in a bad spot. They don't fully see why they're there. They're not fully open to help, but the kindness begins to teach them. And then the Mm -hmm. third is the person who really wants help and needs help. Mm -hmm. And I think like you're never going to find out, like you can discern pretty quickly on those. And I would say like number, the first one I mentioned, like you probably might say, Hey, we're not going to help them, you know, Mm -hmm. or we'll help them the minimum. You know, the second one, you're like, we're going to keep helping them because we think, you know, Mm -hmm. they do appreciate it. And it is grace. And the third, like, Hey, we're able to help. But you're never going to, if you don't engage at all, you're never going to know. And I would say that's on a personal level, even if it's not money, but in general with money, like I think you've got to be out there as a church doing something to really meet those people. Mm -hmm. I think of, you know, we, we just don't know people's stories. We don't know where they're coming from, but we have those opportunities. You know, you think about, um, there's an organization here in Niceville called Calm House and we, uh, financially support them and it's, uh, it's crisis aid for littles and moms and their whole purpose is for single moms who are escaping situations. And, you know, they are, you know, they are asking, they, 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 as a, as an organization, as a ministry are asking how to, hey, let's, let's, let's be holistic in our care and help you identify how you got in the situation. But they're not like you got yourself in the situation. So deal with it though. No, they're actually restorative in their services right. and care. And, and that's the goal in this is that oftentimes people are in situations, not always people are in situations like this because of a monster because yeah, of something, right. you know, I think of our, our kids that we serve through adoption and foster care, yeah. you know, oftentimes uh, the circumstances are that there's been someone in their life who has been a monster or right. whether they've been abused or neglected or, or whatever reasons they've been removed or been placed uh, for adoption. You know, there's, there's often circumstances there where, you know, this wasn't their choice, yeah. but it's reality. And so we're called to intervene. And Monsters are looking for vulnerable people. Yes. Right? And if like, we, you know, statistically, I mean, you look at sex trafficking numbers, the, the teens uh, who are in foster care, who, who leave foster mm-hmm. care without adoption uh, are like the primary target. Yeah. They're vulnerable. Yeah. They are. And so we, we have to look and say, how do we how do we help? Like, how do right. we engage and how do we help as the people of God? You know? Yeah. And, and in adoption, foster care, you know, is just such a great issue to, to, to intervene at an early age, you know, in these children's lives and help them to see that they are worth more than what a monster would tell them they are. Mm-hmm. Those monsters could be their parents. So my, monsters might, I mean, it's hard to not, th- their parents may just be people who were vulnerable to monsters. And now mm-hmm. this cycle's repeating, but yet there's, they're not, they're not protecting their children. And mm-hmm. so you're able to speak into and, and help. And, um, you know, I, I think that's, that's definitely something that we can be a part of easily mm-hmm. as believers. Um, and, you know, you guys have adopted, we're in our sixth year of fostering, like, you know, it's, it's, it's messy, but man, yeah. I tell you what, like, it's hard. this is it's real. Hard. Yeah. Like we're, here's this child. I mean, I'm thinking about the ones, this is like, this is me protecting that child, you yeah. know, like, mm-hmm. and, and who knows what them being in my home for however long they will be. Um, 
will do. And then, you know, refugees, like I, you know, I, I guess like that's, it's hard necessarily, you know, for us, there's a huge disconnect because refugees typically go to big cities and all that. But like, I'm just discouraged by the number of believers who are like, that's not our responsibility. They belong to another country. It's like, like what? so basically you're saying they haven't paid taxes yeah. to pay for your roads. Right. So because of that, they're not worth Listen, your Listen, the kingdom of God doesn't have a zip code, folks. Like, yeah, I know. It's <laughs> like, like, doesn't have borders. And, uh, you know, so it's like, why? Yeah, why is that our response? And, and one out of a thousand might be a terrorist. It's yeah. like, so we're not going to help the 999 <sighs> and the odds. I mean, it's really like one out of a hundred thousand yeah, might be a terrorist. Yeah, it's you know? crazy. So I mean, you think about like specifically so racist. what's going on. <laughs> yeah, it is. It absolutely is. What's going on in Afghanistan right now? And, yeah. and people who are you know, desperately trying to leave the country. Yeah. Should we not help? Should yeah. we not provide relief? Should we not help those who need, who, who want to escape? Uh, oppressive regime regimes yeah. to to do that not just to say well don't as long as you don't come here and overcrowd my school well we need to take care of our own first okay we do yeah. and, and 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 we're continuing to work on that like i don't understand that's like a that's such I, a silly know, argument I, right? I found and i this i wouldn't say this is the the, the golden standard but like that everyone but i i find that the people who say we need to take care of our own first usually aren't doing anything yeah that's also true besides yeah. paying taxes yeah yeah and and even then they're probably <laughs> yeah maybe no like but i think like usually the people who say we should take care of our own first um even people who believe that like we should are usually like even people who are involved here and are passionate about yeah. you know, whatever ministry or support locally or in the U.S. is, they still think we should help other people yeah, too. Right? Uh, it's usually people who don't who aren't helping. But yeah. then, so where those are those are specifically vulnerable people groups. And then I we think we didn't say widows. Widows, yes, we widows as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah here yeah. as a church, you know, we yeah. have we have incredible deacons and and, and life groups who serve those uh, serve widows and widowers, uh, but also they. They can be, they are so vulnerable, you know, yeah. I don't know what, you know, with Christy's dad passing away a few years ago and her, and her mom's still in her sixties, but I don't know what it is, but somehow it's like somehow immediately, like everyone knew that he passed away, not like scammers. And so right. she gets yeah, all these calls and it's yeah. like, they know. And so that's a, that's a, a, a small example, but I think that's an example of the vulnerability, but just right. being able to provide, uh, to care for needs, uh, Community, yeah. There's so many needs. Yeah. There. So just, just real quick, foster and adoptive care. Our church has is very connected. To that reach out to either one of us. We'll get you connected to that. Uh, refugees, you know, I'd say Send Relief is a great organization. I know you were talking about the other day to give to and to see the kinds of things that they um, are doing. The poor, again, this church has a benevolent ministry uh, where we're very engaged. Calm House is a great example of people who are in need. And then widows. I know our senior adult minister, Bob, would love to incorporate mm -hmm. specifically some of our younger families and ministry yes. to our older adults. Yeah. And he has priority to care for our widows even more. And so so in addition to what our deacons are doing, please reach out. There are four ways you can get directly connected in what we're doing. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, too, just going back to the so the big picture of, you know, if you're in a situation where, you know, this is you're dealing with a monster, mm -hmm. like what do you do? Because um, I think like, you're in a situation, a relationship. Uh, what do you do? I, I would say uh, get reach out. Yes. Uh, get yes. Reach out for help, whether that's. Um, a friend, uh, someone in life group, one of us, a pastor, a counselor, we, you, you can't, yeah. like, you can't change. You can't change people. Yeah. If you are scared where you are, come, I would just say, come to us. Like we, we, um, 
Ha- I mean, our church can be sued if we break confidentiality. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, we, we, we will be confident. We're not going to be the long-term person to help you. Cause that's just not, I mean, we will like pastor you and shepherd you, but like, we're going to help you get pointed in the right direction. I would say, even if you're like, maybe it's me, maybe I'm crazy, but I feel this way at home, like come and talk to one of our staff members. Um, maybe you have other people. I, that's great. But I'm just yeah. saying, if you don't have anybody like, and we think, oh, you're making it like we're we're not going to think you're dumb for coming to us and telling us like this is how he's he makes me feel or she makes me feel or my parents make me feel like it's OK. Like, let's flesh that out. Like, we're here for you. I just want you to know that. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, uh, yeah, we this is serious. It's a serious yeah. and heavy thing. So don't you you can't. No one can handle this alone. So please reach out. We are happy uh, to help and walk with you. And that's what I think that's what Jesus did. Like, you know, broken people. It goes back to what you said in, in a sermon. You know, Jesus came for the broken people because that's only kind of people there are. That's right. That's right. So we all are there. Well, all right. Well, I think, uh, yeah, we ended this on a heavy note. I'm ready to transition into yeah. a new topic. What are yeah. we talking about so next So next, month? hey, October is, uh, you know, there's a national month for everything now, but uh, this one's actually been around for a while. Uh, there is, uh, it's national, October is a national uh, pastor appreciation month. Oh, did you so hear that? The next month, we're just going to sit around and talk about <laughs> yes. like how great we think I you just appreciate, <laughs> appreciate you, the way. Justin. So, but what we're going to do, I'm excited about this, is we have uh, some local pastors we're going to bring in from uh, churches in our area and just interview them about uh, their lives, their calling, their ministry, their churches, uh, things that... Uh, Ooh, do I get to debate immersion baptism and speaking in tongues? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, Are you going to let me do that, Justin? <laughs> we're going to, yeah, we're going to, we should have set it up as debates. That's yeah. what we should have done. Oh, but uh, we're actually just going to interview him. You, he knew I would win all the debates. So <laughs> That's said, right. Yeah, to be hands do down. So we're actually going to bring in some uh, local pastors. Uh, we have... Uh, 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 Troy Hamilton from Rocky Bayou Baptist. We have Roel Osley from uh, Cross Point. Uh, we have Christianic from Mana Church. And then we have a panel of, of younger pastors from some of the churches that uh, this church has supported and walked alongside as well. Uh, and uh, from, uh, I, I think they've all said yes. So we've got they have uh, all pastors said yes. from Sunrise City, Sean uh, from Anchor Church, and uh, also from uh, Tad from Mosaic in Crestview. So that'll be an exciting, uh, just a time to hear some young, they're younger than us. Uh, and uh, just their experience and what it's like pastoring uh, churches. Uh, yeah, and at their state. We'll of ask life. them some so, hard questions. Yeah, too. we are. We should definitely ask them yeah, some. And hard I'll questions. give them a hard time. That's right. And yeah. then create sound like some 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 little clips and uh, use them against. And them and, and yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> whatever we whatever they say off the record, we're going to say this is off the record. That and we're wouldn't be use monster it to like convince behavior, would it? To come to our church <laughs> because we want everybody to come to our church. Our it's church. not about the kingdom; it's yeah. about our kingdom. Our numbers. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's right. No, it's not. Just kidding. That was. Don't take that out of context. Uh, you did it in a monster voice too. I did do it. I was. I would hopefully know that that was a monster voice. So, uh, yeah, so that's where we're headed next month. We hope you'll join us. Thanks for tuning in this week, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Boggy Talk. We are so glad you joined in the conversation. Go ahead and subscribe so you don't miss a beat.